Hi, this is Emily Joy, and you are listening to Frequency. Welcome back, everyone, to part two of our interview with James Curtis, radio announcer, producer, voiceover uh, extraordinaire. I don't know what else to say, but uh, uh, if you caught our last episode, uh, Joe and I were being goofballs and a little bit random, and um, Joe had to put me in my place because I started ranting about nonsense. But uh... <laughs> No, no, that's not true. I didn't put you in your place. I did do a little like process check and realize that at some point we were talking about Vanilla Ice riding uh, motocross, <laughs> and I'm like, how did we get here? Yes. Um, and what does this have to do with our audience? But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the fact is, is that at that point, you and I hadn't like had a chance to record together for, gosh, two months. So mm. no kidding. Why wouldn't we be a little like weird? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're weird and old. So those two just don't mix. I don't speak for yourself, Dan. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Weird and old. Those are actually part and parcel, right? I mean, <laughs> well, I guess it depends on how old, but yeah, I digress. Yeah. Speaking of old, there are bands well, out there that are are have been around so long they're retiring. Did you hear that Tragically Hip is on their last tour? I did hear that, but I, I you know, okay, when you say Tragically Hip, all I can think of is hip replacement, like because <laughs> that's awful. Let's get but, out of here. That's the Tragically Hip. Um, Every song sounds like that. You know, the thing is, is they were really popular when I went to work on cruise ships. So that's uh, mm -hmm. just almost 20 years ago. And I remember my the Canadian people I worked with talking about the hip. I didn't even say tragically hip. They just called them the hip. And yeah, the thing was, is I had uh, they were popular while I was on ships and we didn't get new music on ships. So yeah. I don't you just did that little singing thing. Mm -hmm. You completely left me behind because I have no <laughs> idea what that is. Well, um, there's a little bit I, of added trivia, though, is they're actually from Canada. Well, and, I know that. And yeah. like some of their songs they sang about are from places I've been to, like Bob Cajun. So, oh, okay. Yeah, like you have to know some context if you're if you're in Canada and, you know, you get the lingo. Even like Bare Naked Ladies, you know, when they did... Um, I forget which song it was. They sang from the back of a pickup truck driving through town. Um, oh, I don't was, know that one. It was um, Lovers in a Dangerous Time, which is actually oh. a Bruce Coburn song. Um, that sounds which, like a Bruce Coburn song. Yeah, yeah. who was Canadian. But uh, right. there seems to be a theme here. But Right, um, right. Anyways, they, they drove through like where I went to school. And it, it's just one of those cool factor things. It's like, but then I realized, holy crap, that's a long time ago. <laughs> and Yeah, yeah. You know, and the funniest thing of all is I'm pulling up Google Earth with my kids and with my daughter's boyfriend, which is another story. But, um, I'm, you know, he's, I'm showing him places where we used to live and he's looking at me like, I really don't care. <laughs> really? That was my, See, my poor attempt at Chinese because <laughs> he's actually from Beijing. But, uh, right, right. You know, he's sort of like tolerating it as like the dad. Like, okay, right. I have to listen to you. You have to show me stuff because you're letting me, you know, visit your daughter. So, <laughs> right. But I, I realized at that point, I'm a lame dad. Yeah. You know, I think, I think the lameness might stem a bit from nostalgia. 
um, because the things that we are emotionally tied to, you know, in our 20s, they have no perspective on. And I think about that. My parents grew up and were teenagers in the 60s. So, you know, when rock and roll was really just coming into being, when the Beatles were popular and stuff. Yeah. And they and when I was in 80s, so that was only 20 years later, they were in their, you know, late 30s. Okay, that's younger than I am now. And so when mm. I look back at the stuff that was popular in the 90s, that's like my kids, that's like when I was looking back to my kids, that's like me when I was looking back at the 60s and going, man, that was like so long ago. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I drive past houses I lived in and I go, I, I lived there. And, and yeah, my and Sammy, who's seven, goes, yeah, dad, I know we've driven past this house like five times. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm right there with you, lame dad. But look, look we did it again. Oh, man. How did we do this? We start out talking about James Curtis. And then we completely get off course again. <laughs> I'm sorry, people. This is what happens when friends don't get to hang out enough, you know? Well, maybe we have to have like like coffee house chat time or something like that and make it another episode where we just... Right. And just bring other people in that are, are cooler than us. <laughs> See, know? that would be cool. The issue is that you and I... Uh, it's because it, we've both been so busy to try to... That sounds like a great idea until you figure out well, when's that going to happen? Yeah. You know, if it's every two months that we get a chance to record, then people will be like, when are they going to do that coffee thing again? I don't know. Maybe mm -hmm. in 2018. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm hoping that we'll have some more time to uh, carve into this thing because, you know, we've, we've got a lot of good things coming down the pipe. Um, there's a lot of good new artists coming out. There's a lot of different... Um, because we're frequency, everything on the dial, we have the opportunity to talk to different people from different walks of life. You know, we oh, just, yeah. we just had Emily Joy, spoken word artist, um, yeah. you know, a radio announcer. Hey, no hate mail fans. yet, by the way, no hate mail. I just <clears throat> yeah. want to throw that yeah. out there. No, that's cool. It's only um, been a couple of days, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. We've had movie producers, um, yeah, I mean, sky's the limit. I think, you know, you've had a chance in the past to talk to CCLI. We've talked oh, yeah. to to record labels, um, you know, and I'm hoping, um, you know, we're going to get together and, and hit the floor of a of a major conference in the next six to 12 months and be able to, to meet people and get out there, um, hopefully in somewhere in the U.S. And, hey, um, yeah, this is, you know, I'd like to throw this out there now that you mentioned conferences. Mm-hmm. If if somebody listening knows of a really good um, Christian artist focused conference that we should consider, shoot us a note. You know, I'm I'm interested. You know, both Dan and I being worship leaders, the worship the National Worship Leader Conference comes up, but that's you know that's just very worship focused and not necessarily representative of the breadth of stuff that you and I address. Not mm -hmm. that there is. Maybe a conference. There's one in Oregon, actually, that called, I think, Canvas or something like that, that takes place while well, I'm on a camping trip. But is it addresses that kind of broad focus of Christian artists. But anyway, if people are listening and they know of a conference in their area or anywhere that it may be in the middle of the United States. So Dan and I, you know, aren't broke by the time we get there. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to know it, you know, because you and I need to hang out and um, we, we won't sleep. We'll drink a lot of tea. <laughs> yeah, like you like you're talking like Chicago or Indianapolis or you know, somewhere in that realm. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I guess I guess we could do some homework too, but it'd be nice to hear from other people once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. We we inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, well, and as as we digress um, again before I get into some other random topic because you know we haven't talked in a while. Um, yeah. You know, let's dive into the next episode, which is part two of talking yeah. to James Curtis about the radio industry. You know, I'm not going to get into specifics, but uh, James has a lot of wisdom. Uh, he's been around the block. And uh, and again, he, you know, I love his heart. Um, he's realistic, talks about, you know, rules of engagement and how things work in the business. And um, yeah. he, he really has a passion, not just for the local artist, but in the local area where the radio station reaches. And that's another thing that's important to note is that radio is on the ground. They do on-site events. They help promote. They, they're they like the introduction person at a concert. Like they have a vested interest in the artists and they go to the venues when possible. And that's, that's something that, um, you know, you don't get in other avenues like television because not everything's so noteworthy that it's worth putting on the screen. Right. It has to be shock value for, you know, news. Right. You know, like in, in our town, it would be CBC Television, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Unless somebody's dying or there's a controversy, they're not going to show up at your door to film you. But the radio station would definitely come with, a, right. with an event truck and interview people because it's content and it's Canadian content. And there's rules in Canada that, you know, he, he sort of talks about that's different from the U.S. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, they, they import. Very different. Yeah, they import certain amount of content, but, you know, can, Canadians are different. Um, even when we talk about, because I'm involved in the yep. Gospel Coalition as well, um, we're launching a TGC Canada. <clears throat> Why do we need another TGC? Because TGC National Although it's national and it covers the whole continent, there's specific issues related to Canada that they can't tackle from the U.S. Like a Southern Baptist right. is not going to understand what's happening in Northern Canada. So, yep. you know, and, you know, there's fundamentalism and there's charismaticism. And then there's, you know, like there's all these different uh, things that happen in even how the government's dealing with people who want to uh, take their own life, you know, if, if they have, you know, chronic illness, that's a new thing in Canada to deal with. And right. how do we look at these things from uh, a theological position and a governmental position? All these sort of things that happen in Canada are uniquely different from the U.S. Getting back to radio then, there's so many rules that people don't even understand that you know, James, for example, introduces a Canadian artist um, pretty much every week. And, yeah. you know, that's unique to that station. Not all the time. There's a lot of other stations out there in Canada, but um, not as many as you would think. And not all of them do very well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to even have Christian radio in the East Coast, for example, where I live, is rare. You know, in the United States, if I travel, as soon as I hit the border, I have five or six to choose from. In Canada, there's one per major center, maybe. Right. And that's it. So these are the unique differences. And, and of course, James talks a bit about that. But um, 
I, I had a real learning curve when I was, when the day I was actually an artist <laughs> right? and yeah. I was recording music and there was a lot of homework to figure out how it works and who to talk to and who, you know, the, the person that's on air is not the person necessarily that picks the songs and, you know, and you got to stick to a formula. It can't be more than this and has to be, you know, your chorus has to hit within 15 seconds where it's boring. Like there's a lot of rules. So yeah. it sort of takes the fun out of artistry and creativity. So, I mean, these are just things that he talks about and delves into. No, I just, I appreciate his heart and I appreciate how he wants us to, you know, have a good understanding that this is more than just spinning a record. There's so much to it. And we really want people who are choosing to enter this industry to, to come in with their eyes open. So uh, Mm -hmm. this, this exposure here, we hope is actually going to be what we know it's going to be useful to folks. Yeah. We should let them listen. Yeah, let's let's dive right into <laughs> part two of our interview with James Curtis. You alluded to it and explained a bit of CanCon. I mean, I know because I came from the broadcasting world and television, and I've put music on the radio. Um, but for the American listeners, CanCon, Canadian content, um, this isn't just, hey, we like Canadians, and we're from Canada, so we like ourselves enough to play it. There's actual rules involved in having a license in Canada. Is there not for radio? Yeah, for, for terrestrial radios, so radio stations on the AM or FM dial, uh, they are required, they are regulated, and they are required as, as part of their license agreement to play a certain percentage of Canadian content, and that Canadian content can be anywhere from, uh, on average, from 10 to 30, 35 percent. Uh, every radio station is different because every radio station has a slightly different format and have gone to the regulatory board with, you know, their proposed radio station and their proposed sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, from for my radio station, it's 10 percent, which doesn't seem like a lot, um, but you know, ten percent is one one in every ten songs mm-hmm. has to has to be Canadian, and it makes it difficult sometimes for Canadian artists because if they're Canadian, if they're Canadian at my radio station, if they're Canadian, tell me you're Canadian because it gives you a fighting chance because the other ninety percent are going to be your Chris Tomlins and your Matt Marr and yeah. and you know for King and Country the big names that are out there uh-huh. coming from everywhere else those are the guys that are going to scoop up that ninety percent so yeah. you've got a chance at ten percent at that ten percent so make it good uh-huh. you know make that make it good so you'll get in that ten percent so um, I keep a list of hot Canadian songs that's no more than twenty songs it it should be a little less uh, that I that I put through rotation and so. I'm in, I'm introducing at least one new Canadian song a week. I have a feature uh, every Monday morning called New Music Monday, and it's right after the seven o'clock news in the morning. We play a new track. Uh, I've never actually publicly said this to any listener, but it's always a Canadian song. Mm-hmm. It's always by a Canadian artist. I don't want to promote the fact to listeners, anyways, that it's a Canadian song that we're playing because. I want them just to know that it's a good song that that we've decided to play for New Music Monday. Yeah. yeah. And and what that allows for the artist is exposure as well. Because, I mean, hey, 
we're all in the marketing game, right? We're marketing ourselves. We're marketing the company we work for. For me, I'm marketing my show. I want people to listen to me in the morning. When they get up in the morning, I want them to be listening to me. Uh When they're driving to work, I want them to be listening to me. So what we do on the Sunday, Sunday afternoon, evening, we do a social media teaser. So we'll do a teaser on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we will basically remind everybody, hey, tomorrow's New Music Monday where we feature a track from... Whatever, and it's got a picture or whatever, and uh, the whole purpose for that teaser is for people to listen to my radio station in the morning. Yeah, and that and that's the perfect time slot as well. I mean, that's when most people are getting in their vehicles. Like you said, if it's you know a um, forty plus female, uh, chances are you know they're getting up for work in the morning and they're turning on the radio because it's the easiest thing to have happen in your vehicle, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, for a Canadian artist to have that exposure uh, is great. But would you say it's helped the Canadian artists or made it more difficult for them to raise that caliber, to raise that bar up in production value? Because it, you know, historically, a lot of people could say, "Oh, I know it's a Canadian song. It's got a sound." You know, would you say that the bar has been raised uh, overall in Canada? You mean? Yes. I would say yes, it has. I mean, there's more than just radio involved in that as well. I mean, radio, you know, we do play the Canadian content, but there's other stuff that happens within Canada. There's networking, there's the GMA Canada, which is the Gospel Music Association of Canada, which is similar to the Dove Awards. They have the Covenant Awards every November. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, if you win an award, that's something that you can, you know, put a feather in your cap to say, hey, this is what I've done, yeah. and then more radio stations take notice of you. And, and all of that is just this continuous snowball effect, if you want to call it that. It all works simultaneously and together and, and seamlessly. So, you know, you get the radio exposure, you get your song played on the radio, people start buying it. Uh-huh. That gets you, um, you know, some gigs to perform at different places, which, again, allows you to set, set up your merchandise table to sell more stuff. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, it's not all about selling. There's the ministry side of things, but but you can't do the ministry if you don't have money to, to work with. You know, if, well, you don't yeah. have, if you're not putting food on the table, and that's what artists and groups are always struggling with is, you know, is this going to, you know, the time and effort I put into this thing, will it allow me to support my family or support myself or, or, or support my career for that matter? Now, so, yeah. And would you say that because of radio, um, and again, I've seen this, um, it's, it's allowed because of that networking aspect that you talked about, uh, has allowed for Canadian artists, uh, specifically locally, um, to have the opportunity, like like Joy Twelve Fifty, for example. Does Joy Twelve Fifty deliberately have a, a local presence or or events or things to bring artists to to allow for that networking to happen, or do you sp- simply um, support and sponsor uh, those types of events? Well, we. Uh we sponsor the events in the sense that we we attend the events and and we promote the events if there's if there's concerts happening i mean i do it myself um and and the radio station definitely has their ear to the ground when it comes to events and 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 local talent and and whatnot i mean i i think m- what I like to do is I like to make an excuse for the artist or the group to come by the radio station because what that allows them to do is to see what we're all about and mm-hmm. how we 
manages a radio station because because Christian radio stations in Canada are all different. I yes. mean, there's 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 two main kinds of Christian radio stations. There's the listener supported radio station, which relies on donations from listeners or churches or businesses, mm-hmm. and and sometimes they can also sell advertising time to businesses. And then there's the non listener supported, uh, which which is like Joy twelve fifty. We we are not listener supported, but we rely on on spoken word content throughout the day. So, you know, preaching programs, um, you know, from North America or locally, uh, where people have paid for, um, you know, blocks of time mm-hmm. um, to, to give their messages. And, and that generates revenue for us and, and allows us to do what we do as a radio station. Okay. Um, there's a lot of stuff, as you know, that happens behind the scenes at, at any business or, or, you know, media outlet. And that's just one of the things. So if I can have an artist or a group come by the radio station, if I can take them on a tour and show off our place, but also sit down with them and, and chat with them and record an interview, yeah. and and then we find a spot for that interview. We had an artist come by about a week ago and, you know, took them on the little, you know, tour of the place and, and sat down in studio and had a really quick interview. And, and I said, you know, I could do a long interview for, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. Or I could do a shorter interview and and find a slot to put that on air. Uh A long interview, I might not have a a spot to put it on air. I can't put it on the morning show. I can't tie up a half hour of my morning show for an interview with one artist. Yes. But if it's five or ten minutes, maybe I could do something like that. Or maybe in this particular case, uh, we're going to include him. We have a a top 20 countdown that we do every week. And in in the top 20 countdown, we have an artist profile. So that's the perfect venue for me to promote this uh, artist and, and have this interview as part of the top 20 countdown. Uh-huh. And, and, and then in this particular case, he came in and he did an acoustic version of his song as well. We did that with the uh, City Harmonic recently. Um, and we actually, uh, I interviewed the City Harmonic a, a number of months ago when their single, their latest single first came out. Uh, and we didn't do anything with the interview right away. We sat on it. And then right before September, I think it was the beginning of September, uh-huh. um, they were promoting it online saying, hey, our new CD's coming out, our new CD's coming out. And a week or less than a week before the CD came out, we aired the interview. Uh-huh. And we had shots because we had taken pictures while the interview was happening. We had some video shots of it as well. And we started promoting. We actually had them sign, uh, autograph some uh, Joy T-shirts yep. uh, when they were in town as well. We sat on that. And then, you know, we had a bunch of their CDs, we had their T-shirts, and we did a big promotion on it. We, uh-huh. we probably had one of the best campaigns for the City Harmonic in advertising their new CD than a lot of other radio stations. They, they were available for interviews, but most of the radio stations across Canada and perhaps the U.S. did uh, telephone interviews, right. which, are, which are great. But we did like face-to-face interviews, and we had video coverage to prove it, and <laughs> and, and and it was and it was a good interview. We had a good conversation because because an interview isn't. A, I'm going to ask you a question, you're going to answer the question, and then I'm going to ask you another question, and you're going to answer the question. Mm-hmm. An interview, a good interview, is a conversation. Yeah. And, and we had a conversation with the City Harmonic. It was great. It was it was a lot of fun, and then the promotions and stuff that we were able to do after the fact was just a, an added bonus for us and an added bonus for them. It was a lot, it was, it was great. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah. Around the same time you were doing that, I, I had the opportunity to talk to Elias Thummer and, um, you know, for our podcast. And again, our, you know, our listeners are, are, you know, subscription based content. So I don't have to rely on timing necessarily, but because we're a platform and we're actually a charity, 
uh, we don't make any profit. Um, we always try to launch our interviews with the same idea. The premise is to help the artist. Right. So it's all about timing. So, yeah, so like you said, hanging on to something for the sake of getting information out and in a timely fashion for the artist's sake. Is and getting what, it out at the right time. Yeah, is what will yeah. set you apart. Um, yeah, and again, uh, those guys, kudos to them. Uh, again, I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. I spent a lot of years there, so uh, they were near and dear to my heart. Um, but they're just they're smart guys too. Ironically, Elias is he he owns a marketing company, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. so the dude's smart. He knows what yeah. to do. Um, but uh, yeah, and that they're Canadians. Yet they have a global audience. Um, they've really bridged that gap and done it well uh, without uh, removing the ministry component to what they do. People know if, if they are talking to or hearing about the city harmonic, it's not necessarily about their music. It's about right. their passion and desire for Christ and, and to see churches united and come together, even with their new website. And that's just one artist. I know you, I think you talked to Andrew Marcus, yeah. um, who I've just talked to, but I've been holding on to his inter- interview, waiting for his album to release. Um, yeah, so I get it on this side, uh, and that's why I was saying at the beginning, I've learned a bit from, from you and seeing how radio uh, works, because even in the podcasting realm, um, you know, if, you, if you're a Christian podcaster, Christian radio station, your vision needs to be about getting the message out and for people to understand why we do what we do and who we do it for, um, because there's a huge tension, even in the radio realm, I'm sure, of in Christian radio, keeping the focus on Christ and our faith, uh, because at the end of the day, um, you know, you're trying to get things into, into people's ears that they're going to, it's going to hit their heart. It's not just about spinning sound. It's not about the sound. I would, I would, I would agree with you mostly on that statement and, and I'll qualify that. Sure. The, there's a lot of spoken word on our radio station uh, throughout the day. So, so the morning drive and the afternoon drive are definitely a mu- music focus. Uh, so I, will, I won't preach. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be on air for five minutes, you know, reading a scripture and then, and then giving my thoughts on it for the next 10 um, because we've got enough of that at the radio station. Um, so I'm, but I'm definitely going to be promoting the artists and their messages. Yeah. And, and you're right about the artists because, uh, you know, especially when it comes to Canadian artists, they, you know, a lot of times people think that the artist just wants to get out there and become famous. Right. You know, and maybe, and maybe radio announcers for that matter, you know, people think that they want to get out there and, and, and get famous. Uh, it, that's far from the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the artists that I've met, um, you know, they might have a song that's played on the radio that may not be a worship song, but when they go to quote unquote perform in front of an audience, they're having a time of praise and worship. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is, which is, might be unusual, but that's just the reality of it because it's ministry. Yes. And, and, and same in the radio world. It's, you know, for me, I, I'm not out there to make a name for myself. Uh, if I can promote somebody else, I will, you know, and that's the reason why I've, I've, you know, I enjoy the whole Canadian uh, artists and the and the group's component of it because these guys are are you know trying to make a living, trying to make a start of their career very often. And you know the reality is a lot of Canadian artists specifically uh, are not doing that full time. Uh-huh. There's 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 you know maybe a handful of guys out there that are doing. Christian music full time. Yeah. A lot of them are pastors. They might have another job. I know uh, this was one artist I met with. He he sells 
fertilizer or something like that during the year. <laughs> okay. And then, then during the off times, he's, he's recording or whatnot. There's, a, there's some brothers out in Saskatchewan. Uh, same thing. They're farmers. Uh-huh. So, so they, they actually do three things. They farm, they play hockey, and they record music. And, and there's not a lot of extra time in between all those three things. Uh-huh. Uh, when they're harvesting, when they're planting and stuff, they don't have time to record. But when, when the stuff's growing and you know, there's you know, just a little bit of maintenance and stuff like that, uh-huh. they're flying down to Nashville recording a new album or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then winter comes along, okay, you know, stuff's being played on the radio. We could release some singles here and there, but we're, fo- we're focused on hockey now. And that, that's their life. You know? yeah. And, and it's a family that does this. And, and, and that's what a lot of Christian, Canadian Christian artists and groups are like, where they've got another job that they're trying to pay the bills with and support uh-huh. their family, and they're doing you know, Christian music on the side. And recognizing that, and, and hey, I was in the same boat, right? I was the swing announcer at Joy 1250, and I had a full-time job. My, my goal was to get full-time radio, mm-hmm. but, but the reality was I was working two jobs, and I was working 50 to 60 hours a week, and uh, it, was a, it was an uphill battle, and it was a lot of work, but, but I got there, and, and my thought is, you know what? Anybody can get there, yeah. whatever, and it doesn't have to be radio. It doesn't have to be Christian music. It can be whatever your career goals are, right? Yeah, you get yeah. there, but it takes a bit of work and some creativity, and and you know, planting the right seeds and and uh, meeting the right people, networking, and that uh, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, obviously, networking has been a recurring theme as we've been talking, um, and I can definitely agree with that. Uh, social media has helped a lot. New technology has helped. I know even uh, talking to some Canadian artists, and once you you know you swap information, and then you're following them on you know new new apps like Periscope, and next thing you know, you know they're the Dove Awards and or the Covenant Awards, and they're sharing like live moments for people who just can't afford to travel or can't even artists who can't afford to get there. I remember watching some artists saying, can people sponsor me to take a bus ride at yeah. West so I can go actually attempt to receive an award? Yeah. Um, so that, that I, is... I, I think I knew who that was. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so it's, it's definitely a, a tough landscape and I think it's getting tougher as um, which was another question I had as as we're getting towards subscription based music. I mean, there's you know there's Spotify and Rhapsody and all these different services. Even I have to subscribe to Rhapsody, for example, in the U.S. in order to uh, get access to songs by artists I don't have a publicist connection with, um, but I, we want to do reviews for them. Um, so, do you think that um, is going to make it even more difficult for the artists, and even in return? more of a necessity for radio promo in return do you do you i almost see a, a trend change where people miss terrestrial type radio as opposed to just spinning songs off a subscription service well uh, from the radio perspective i mean i i know they still need terrestrial radio uh because again it is that marketing tool for the artists i think it's become a lot more difficult for them to make a living mm-hmm. because you know they they don't sell complete albums anymore yep people are just dry, buying this track and this track and maybe just buying a total of three tracks and they paid 3 bucks and they got the songs they wanted instead of paying a little bit more money mm-hmm. to buy the whole you know the whole cd or the whole record as it were yeah um so it is more difficult for the artist and, and the revenues that they generate from that are not a whole lot because all of these services cost money uh, for them as well. They don't, you know, you pay a buck for a song. It doesn't mean that buck is going into the hands of the artist. They yes. pay a lot of fees and, and there's a lot of overhead that's involved. And, and somebody out there is making money, but it's usually not the artist of the group. Yeah. Uh, 
So yeah. it is a lot harder for the artists or the group. Um, I think, you know, selling of tracks online, uh, it's, it's inevitable. We all knew it was coming. Um, but that's why it's even so much more important to get out there uh, to perform at concerts and stuff. I mean, you know, I, they're going to make money at the concert. Hopefully, if they've marketed themselves right and people are attending the concert, they will be able to sell some CDs at the concert. They'll be able to sell T-shirts and stuff. And there's some, you know, there's a little bit of money they can make there as well. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it, you know, in the past, it was based on record sales. You sell a lot of records, you make a lot of money. And uh-huh. it's kind of shifted now where it's not the sale of the, of the records that's, or the songs that's making the money. It's, it's all the other stuff that happens with it. Right. Um, now, we've talked a lot about the artists because obviously, um, you know, they're the driving force in the music that you're playing. And I, I can see how um, radio people are a huge, almost even a mentor, mentoring aspect to it, especially for new artists, be, being able to draw them in and maybe give them some advice on how to promote themselves. I, I spend a lot of time doing that. You ask what yeah. a music director does? Well, in Christian radio, they do a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but... If somebody actually desires to be in radio these days, how in the world would they go about doing that? Is there a class? Is there still a program for that? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, is there a club they join? No. <laughs> yeah. there, uh, there's a lot of colleges offering radio broadcasting programs. Um, they're usually uh, at least a couple of years, although there's some, some sped up programs as well. So there is, there is uh, opportunities in radio um, or, or to take radio courses. Uh, I'm not sure that there's a lot of radio jobs out there, to be perfectly blunt. Um, you know, the radio stations need to remain profitable. Otherwise, any business needs to be profitable, profitable because if they're not, they won't be in business anymore. And it's the same thing with radio stations. So radio stations have had to take certain measures to stay alive. And one of the things they've done, obviously, with technology is to use computers. And so um, a lot of stuff happens by computer now. Instead of somebody pushing buttons, the computer does all the work. Uh-huh. Um, we don't have anybody live in studio from midnight till I show up in the morning. Right. Um, and even when I'm there, like, you know, a lot of people think, you know, they listen to the radio, whether it be my show or another show, and, and they think of, there's all this stuff happening in the background. Uh-huh. Because uh, I have news at the top of the hour. I don't do the news as somebody else does the news. And we have traffic reports every half hour. Yep. I don't do that either. But, but you know, the, the perception is that there's this team behind me uh, producing this show. No, it's just me in the studio. I'm the only lone guy in the radio station. <laughs> uh, the news is pre-recorded a few minutes earlier and emailed to me. The guy's not even in the radio station. I hope this never goes to one of my listeners so they find out the tricks of the trade. But, there you go. Uh, the traffic reports are done via telephone, and uh, and then I, you know, I do all the stuff in the background. So whether it be uh, posting on social media because that's part of the job, mm-hmm. um, doing that, or we're you know answering the phone, you know, hey, you just played an artist, who was that? Or or uh, hey, I just you know wanted to say hello. I've I've got somebody who calls me every Monday morning and every Friday morning. Same lady. Uh, oh, good morning, James. How are you? <laughs> you know that sort of thing. So you you have to you know communicate with these people and, and chat with them. And, and, and I don't, you know, I don't take all of that and say, I don't enjoy that. That's all part of the job. And I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of stuff happening in the background. Um, wow. The, uh, uh, sorry, what was your original question? I've, I've lost track here. The, no, well, basically it was, um, 
So oh, well, getting getting into radio. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah like how, how would people actually do that? It, or is it um, is it, does it take on a new form because of the digital world now? Um, like you know, is it more like anyone can do a podcast? I'm doing a podcast right now, um, but I've realized that anyone with a computer and GarageBand could could put that together. But taking it to well, the next level, right? But but anybody with a computer could produce an album. True. Yeah. Right. So, so in one sense, that's how it's become more competitive for artists and groups out there when you want to take that, you know, go back into that conversation. And then by the same token from the radio world, now most radio stations will want to hire somebody with radio experience. So part of that involves having some kind of schooling, um, or, Maybe you worked for free as an intern at a radio station and just kind of learned the tricks of the trade from the ground up. Uh Um, There's not a lot of jobs in radio. And when it comes to secular radio, so non-Christian radio, it is almost cutthroat at times. I mean, I'm reading every other week about, you know, the number of people that were laid off from radio jobs at, you know, some of the big conglomerates that are out there in the various cities across Canada. And, and then, in in secular radio, there's a lot of jumping around and, and relocating because uh-huh. you got a job in this city and for whatever reason, they brought in some consultant. The consultant said, well, we think it's going to be a change of format. And I'm, I'm talking secular radio specifically. Yes. We think we, you know, you should change format and go with this, go in this direction, which means you were out of a job and now you've got to move right across the country to get a job somewhere else doing something similar uh-huh. and maybe even for less pay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, generally there's not a lot of money in radio uh, as far as a living is concerned uh, and supporting a family. And then there's not a lot of jobs out there. And I'm not trying yeah. to I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from doing it because if it's your passion, do it. Yes. Really do it. It was my passion. So I got back into it and I'm mm-hmm. doing it. I'm having a blast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, but what you're saying is it, it better be that or um, you could have a rude awakening. Um, well, it, it, it better be that and, and get used to the bumps and, and uh, on the road because there will be some bumps on the road. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, I mean, I, I think if you are wanting to be in radio and you're a Christian, you want to get into Christian radio specifically, it's less money. But I think uh, there's a, it's a lot more fun because yeah. you get to listen to stuff that you would listen to normally as well. And, and there wouldn't be any compromise in your lifestyle or the stuff that you need to talk about on air. Mm-hmm. And, and also... I think there's a a, a relative, uh, I wouldn't call it job security, but but certainly uh, a lot more devotion uh, when it comes to the people you work with. Because I've found, and and from the other radio stations I've seen, Christian radio stations I've seen in Canada, there's 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 a good relationship between the employees and and between the owners and uh-huh. and the management team. No, that's that's good. That's great. You know, as we wrap up. Looking at radio, looking at the fact that Christian radio hasn't been around for a long time, but, you know, with governments and, and things the way that they are, do you see any sort of concern for, you know, the fact that uh, I do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing. And, and it's not often that we get to talk to people on the other side of the microphone. So uh, I appreciate you sharing your heart and, and really the behind the scenes world of radio. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Awesome. But do you sense any sort of negativity? Do you ever get any negativity because you're uh, exclusively Christian focused and and talk about Jesus on radio? Not really. Um, and And I say that because in Toronto, there are other stations for other ethnic backgrounds. Um, Toronto is, is a very unique place. And I'll, and I'll say that because, um, 
Joy twelve fifty is an AM radio station. Mm-hmm. There are there are absolutely no FM frequencies left in Toronto. Correct. That's not to say that there's tons of FM radio stations, but uh, way back when the CRTC, which is the regulatory body that governs the radio stations in Canada, um, they allowed radio stations in some of the bigger markets to have very strong signals. And what the strong signals have done is that, it, you know, if you go into the States and you go into a city there, there's a whole ton of radio stations, but they're not very powerful. You get outside of the city and you can't hear them anymore. Right. You can't, you can't pick them up. Whereas in Canada, uh, when you're in the big cities, you could drive out of the city for an hour and a half and still pick them up. That's how mm-hmm. strong their signals are. Yeah. And so what's happened in, in Toronto, you've got all these FM frequencies that are very strong or a majority of them are very strong. And, and right across the pond, Lake Ontario, you've got New York. So you've got some, uh, well, not New, well, it's New York State, but yes. Buffalo. You've got signals coming in from Buffalo. And there's this unwritten agreement between the C- CRTC and the f- uh, federal, um, the FCC or yep. whatever they're calling yep, the states. Right. Yeah. Uh, that that this unagree- unwritten agreement that, you know, I'm not going to impede your signal. Mm. Uh, so, so that's why in Toronto you've got all these signals. A lot of them traveling across Lake Ontario uh, into Buffalo and vice versa. Right. And then you've got the you know outskirts and uh, of Toronto that they're fighting to get their frequencies and their their FM bands as well. So, mm-hmm. so we are an AM radio station. There's lots of room on the AM band because a lot of people don't want to have that type of sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, it works well because we've got a lot of spoken word and we've got the music. Yes. And and when you talk about you know, this day and age with technology, we stream online, you can listen on our website, uh-huh. and it's a great sounding signal. And, and we find a lot of people do that. They'll, they'll have the app on their phone, and that's how they're listening to us, whether it be the spoken word content, or they're driving home listening, uh, or they'll be listening just on their regular radio. Uh, I know in my house, even before I started working at Joy 1250, even before I knew Joy 1250 existed, my wife was listening to it in the kitchen every day. She had this thing on. Yep. And uh, and she was the one that suggested, hey, why don't you send your demo tape off to Joy 1250? Right. Who? Joy 1250. <laughs> oh, okay. Why not? Yeah, actually, yeah, because um, a lot of times, like you said, if you're listening to sermon audio, it doesn't matter if it's uh, low-grade mono uh, MP3 file or, or whatever uh, version that you're you're playing at, because it's just about the clarity of the audio. It's not yeah. or the content. Um, yeah, you're not looking for CD quality necessarily, so you can blast it. Um, a lot of people are looking at just like you said, always have it on in the background. My wife listens to. Well, she listens to a 24-7 Christmas <laughs> station every once in a while. And well, like in the summertime, too? Yeah, oh, yes. And we'll yeah. be praying for her. Yeah, there you go. But uh, but again, like people like to have that ambient sound. And, and having radio where you have the multifaceted information is, is amazing. Being able to wake up in the morning and hear the news and hear the traffic and all that kind of stuff, but still have Christian content um, surrounding it is, is just yeah. It's just great. But um, I think as far as we're concerned, um, you know, whether it be our market or other markets throughout Canada and the U.S. for that matter, um, the terrestrial radio is going to be around for a long time. Um, people are listening to the radio because they want – they're listening in their cars on their way to and from work. They're listening for that local content uh-huh. and the local content can be anything from the current temperature to the time because they're running late and – you know the clocks always wrong in their car, uh, or it could be could be sports scores. What's the weather forecast? They're, they're you know everybody's multitasking, so they're doing all of this stuff at the same time. So uh, it's it's just easy for them to listen to the radio right. and listen to music at the same time. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And it's great to talk to somebody who's used to talking. <laughs> you made my job very easy. And uh, what are the, the main ways that people can uh, get in touch with you social media wise? Uh, I'm on social media. So I'm on Facebook. My my handle uh, for all of my uh, social media pages is OnAirGuy. Okay. That's actually my website, OnAirGuy.com. And you can actually find the links there as well. But um, so it'd be Facebook slash OnAirGuy. Um, and then Twitter's at OnAirGuy and Instagram as well. Don't do tons on Instagram, but uh, I'm I'm there. I'm trying to post every other day or so it's okay. you know i'm not i'm not much of a selfie guy to be honest and so when I'm, you're in radio I'm okay with that <laughs> oh are you saying you're okay that i'm not a selfie no, guy no 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 oh okay okay <laughs> i just but, yeah the whole narcissistic aspect I, of it i have a, i have a face for radio <laughs> need i say more so so you know everybody likes to see the background shots what's happening in studio with james curtis and stuff so i do will it, post over pictures. your head <laughs> well no that's not good either because I, i'm i am uh, apparently balding a little at the top there. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. That was part two of our interview with James. Of course, Dan pretty much explained everything that James was going to talk about before we started. But coming out of James with that voice of his, there's so much more authority to it, don't you think, Dan? <laughs> well, Joe, I was actually hoping you were going to edit most of what I said out, but... <laughs> oh, were you? No, no. Listen, yeah. Uh, we, we have options. You know, maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll take a, a third of what you said and I'll put it at the tag end. I don't know. Who cares? You guys are listening and we love you for that very fact. We have fun, Dan and I, together and we like hearing each other talk. Not necessarily ourselves, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we we can laugh at each other. I mean... The, what people don't understand is for most of our friendship, it's the day-to-day mundane insertion of, are you okay? Yeah. How's your day yeah. going? You know, like- You have chapel like this morning? in the morning. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, like, hey, I haven't heard from you in six hours when I asked you that question. What's going on? And it's like, sorry, dude. I didn't have data on my phone because I ran out. Like, it's just, it's funny how how- but the mundane things, when they add up, that's what builds relationship. And I'm hoping that people who have listened to us long enough have tolerated us enough that they have relationship <laughs> with us. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my hope. Um, you know, and I'm at the point now where I'm scared out of my mind because my son is on another computer right now and he's doing vocal chops for a remix contest for uh, Andy Minio. Oh yeah. Um, if you know Andy Minio, my son has the chops. Like he's scaring the life out of me because he's doing stuff with MIDI and with audio chops and FL Studio that I don't even know how to do, and I'm supposed to be the music producer. Yeah. So, um, I'm looking at the next generation, going, "Wow, I think I need to step aside." And I, yeah, I, it's like a new revelation for me, right? You know, he's 15 years old, but at 15, I wanted to make it and he has the ability to, and it's encouraging and scary all at the same time. Yeah, I get it. I do. My nephew is uh, similar. He and I got together um, on Sunday and he was describing to me the broadcast class that he's working in high school where he's getting college credit and all the stuff that he's doing. Mm -hmm. Now he's only, he's just turned 15. And thankfully, I still know more than he does. 
Right. But that's not going to last very long. I, oh, yeah. I, I know it won't last long. So what I'm thinking is, is how do I harness him in such a way that I can get him to do stuff for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in the same boat because Jaws, as we're talking about production and edit and how quickly things are going to get out, I'm thinking, man, if we could fire him 20 bucks, he'd probably do three times the amount of work that we would do. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Um, no, I'm thinking about it. I'm I, it's time for me to re-up my Voices.com membership, um, and that's that's not cheap. But I'm thinking, you know, I could make a lot more money on Voices.com if I actually auditioned. Right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm like, uh, who can I get to help me with that? My wife has volunteered, but she hasn't had time. So, you know, I, that's the kind of thing. Like, could I sucker my nephew into, like, screening the, the opportunities and I'll record it and I'll just shoot it over to him and he'll you know, package it up and include it in the proposal. And yeah, how do we harness, uh, or as my boss would, my current boss would say, you know, I'm going to work this kid like a borrowed mule. You know, how do I set up <laughs> something like that? Well, yeah. anyway, we're again, um, Joe, it's your, you for it's your turn. Us. <laughs> yeah, it was my turn, but yeah. Thanks for listening to us. We really appreciate that you hang with us, that, that you care and the same way that we care, or at least we'd like to fool ourselves into believing that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, as we always say, you know, we, we're here for you. If you have any questions or concerns or comments, send us a note. Uh, you can find us at Frequency.fm. You can contact us there. Um, you can contact us uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we've been around long enough that um, if you're listening now, you know where to find us. Um, and um, hopefully you don't knock on our door mad. Well, um, I'll give you Dan's address if you just get a pencil and paper. <laughs> and well, um, yeah. I have the bonus of living on an island, Joe. Yeah, and you have to pay to get off the island. I think that's that's um, holding somebody hostage. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> that's right. But yeah. anyways, um, thanks again, Joe. It's been fun catching up, and um, we'll catch people again soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. 